Thanks for joining us on episode 1,316 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. I'm Nikki Billu. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to recognize that God wants you to win is key. And one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Mader. There's only two reasons people undercharge. They undercharge because they really aren't worth it. They don't have the skill set. Or they have the skill set, but they don't believe they're worth it. If the first is the case, let's upgrade your skill set. If the second is the case, we've got to upgrade your belief. Because when you undercharge, you hurt the client more than... You hurt yourself, you don't make the money you should make, no question, but you hurt your client. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In today's podcast episode, I interview Nikki Ballou. I asked Nikki to share his journey from immigrant to successful Arthur and coach. I also asked Nikki to share with you how moving out of your comfort zone can lead you to your success. And I asked Nikki to share the biggest mistakes we make as Christian business owners and what we can do about it. One reason I like to bring you great interviews like the one you're going to hear today is because of the power in learning from others. Another great way to learn from others is through reading books. But if you're like most people today, you find it hard to find the time to sit down and read. And that's why today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to inspiredstewardship.com audible to sign up and you can get a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from, and instead of reading, you can listen your way to learn from some of the greatest minds out there. That's inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to get your free trial and listen to great books the same way you're listening to this podcast. Nikki Ballou is the number one international bestselling author of the book, Finish Line Thinking, How to Think and Win Like a Champion, The Thought Leader's Journal, A Fable of Life, and The Power of Connecting, How to Activate Profitable Relationships by Serving Your Network. He's an in-demand and highly inspirational speaker to corporate audiences. He's also an advisor and confidant to some of the most successful and dynamic entrepreneurs in Canada. He is the founder of the E-Circle Academy, where he runs a year-long mastermind and educational program working with coaches, consultants, corporate traders, clinic owners, realtors, mortgage brokers, and other service-based entrepreneurs positioning them as authorities in their niche. He is the creator of the Thought Leader, Heart Leader designation. As the host of the number one podcast in the world on thought leadership, the Thought Leader Revolution, Nikki has interviewed over 300 of the world's top thought leaders. He's also a Christian immigrant to Canada, coming from the Middle East. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Hey, brother. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Scott. I'm blessed and grateful to be here. Absolutely. We're glad to have you here as well. I shared a little bit in the intro. Intros never contain everything that we have in our life. 
Could you talk a little bit more about your journey and how you became from where you were and then as an immigrant and then coming now and being an Arthur, being a coach, being someone that helps other people? What was that journey like? Thanks for the question. So I'm actually, as you said, an immigrant originally from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. And when I was 11 years old, my world got turned upside down because the Islamic revolution took place in Iran. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall. This wasn't going to be a great place to raise this Christian family. And so dad made a plan, executed it, got us out of Iran, and eventually settled us where I now live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Now at the time, I was mad. I was 11. I didn't want to leave my home. I didn't want to leave my friends. But in retrospect, my father changed the trajectory of our family's legacy. He took us from tyranny to freedom. And I've become a champion for freedom because of what my father did. I believe in freedom and free expression and free enterprise. Inside every human breast beats the living heart of freedom. And right now we got dark forces in the world that are trying to take some of our freedoms away. And that's why I stand for freedom more than ever. And those people that say, oh, my God, America is so, so awful, so oppressive, so racist. So are you kidding me? Go to Iran. Try saying that stuff over there. They're going to hang you by the toes until you die. And then they're going to drop you in a deep, dark hole. And they're going to give your family a bill for killing you. That's how it works. Okay. So you are lucky that you get to live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. The most tolerant, the most free. We're all lucky. Is it perfect? No, but it's the best there is. The best there ever was. And we have got to understand that. Now, my father, he was a champion for freedom. He was an entrepreneur. My dad, if he knew you, you were looking for work, Scott, he makes some calls and get you a job. If he knew you, Scott, and you were trying to start a business, he would help you get that business off the ground. If he knew you, you were looking for money because you didn't quite have enough to buy a car, a house, an apartment. He would top you up so you could buy that car, that house, that apartment. Yes, sir, he would. Now, who does that? The late, great Napoleon Ballou, for one? Why would he do such a thing? Because he was a devout Christian and he believed he'd been blessed by God Almighty. And it was his role as a Christian to share those blessings with others. But he also did it because he could. He was successful every single day. And I thank God for my father for making me a Christian. And I got my Bible here with me. And every day I read inside of my Bible, and I think it's important for a person to have a foundation of faith, a foundation of belief. Mm -hmm. That's where it all starts as far as I'm concerned. But my dad would tell me, son, it is not about money, this life of ours, this business that I run. It's not about money. It's about people. I go, dad, what are you talking about people? He said, no, son, you businesses, you solve problems for people, and then you earn the right to make a profit. Mm -hmm. Oh, the purpose of business where the Venn diagram comes in is you solve acute problems for amazing people and you get to earn an awesome profit. That is it. That is what it is all about. My father taught me that and he taught me, don't put the attention on you, how much money you're looking for, what this is going to do for you. No, put the attention on them. This is someone's father, someone's son, someone's brother, someone's husband. This is someone's wife, someone's daughter someone's sister, someone's mother, or a hero to somebody. They've got hopes, dreams, and aspirations. They've also been 
disappointed by life. Maybe they've even been disappointed by someone like you who made them big promises and delivered them nothing, nothing, Scott. It is your job to help turn their faith in humanity around. My father told me that, and I believe that. And I'm talking to somebody listening to this. What's the first thing you got to do? Make it about them, not about you. Mm-hmm. Serve God. Give all the glory to God. Make it about them, not about you. Secondly, second thing you've got to do is you've got to find a way to not sound like everybody else. You've got to stand out. you got to be a thought leader and not an expert. What's the difference between the two? An expert someone who knows something. A thought leader someone who's known for knowing something. Experts are a dime a dozen. Thought leaders are rare and valuable. An expert's like a cover band. A thought leader plays original music. You must be a thought leader. Someone asks you what you do. You can't tell them, I'm a coach, I'm a consultant, I'm a mentor. No. You got to say, I help heart-based Christian entrepreneurs add one to two zeros to their annual income while working 10 to 20 hours less per week and giving all the glory to God and making the difference they were born to make. Now, that is way more powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you a story. I had a client. She was a good Christian woman. And she was a doctor of natural medicine. And her father was her hero. She was daddy's girl. And he was dying of brain cancer. And he passed on six months later. She wanted to honor him by building a business he would be proud of because he was a successful entrepreneur. So she came to us and she said, I need help. And I said, okay, great. Let's talk. Who do you help? I can help anybody with a health problem. I'm like, nope, that's not going to work. So we helped her look at something, Scott. And I'm going to tell you something. You are going to love this because what we helped her do was we helped her come up with her ideal client. Who are the clients you've gotten the best results for? Who are the clients you've enjoyed working with the most? Who are the clients who have paid you the best and were the easiest to transact with? That is your ideal client. And it turned out for her, it was professional woman, 45 to 60. These are women with great jobs, great marriages, great businesses, but they felt like life and beauty had passed them by and they hated it. They didn't think they were ever going to be beautiful. They were when they were younger. And her message to them was, no, you're going to get older, but you don't have to age. We're going to reverse the aging process for you. Mm-hmm. And her program was called Get Your Sexy Back. <laughs> in a year, she doubled her income. In two years, she doubled her income again. In three years, she doubled her income again. She went from six figures a year to a six-figure a month run rate. My friend, that is the power of being a thought leader and not an expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually, I, I help. One of the things I do is I'm the head mentor for a group called Coach Connections, where we help other people that are getting started in the coaching business. And honestly, some of exactly what you're talking about is what we try to explain to them that if you walk up to people and you say, I'm a financial coach, they come back three days later and they go, so how's the insurance business? Or how's it? How, what stock should I buy? Is no, that's not what you do. <laughs> but that's what they heard, and you've got to actually be able to say it in a way that connects with people. And that same language that you're talking about, I help. What do I? Who do I actually help? What's the particular emotion or problem or transformation or change that they really are after? And dialing in on that 
and I saw the same thing in my business. I used to say I helped everybody and I wasn't helping anybody. And then as I began to dial it in, what do you know? All of a sudden it was a lot easier to find those folks and to actually make a difference in their life. And I'm sure you've seen the same thing in your business as well. Yeah, I want to back up a little bit though and talk a little bit more about the faith part of the journey. You referenced your faith several times. You referenced coming over and now being blessed to be a Christian there in, in Toronto and how that messaging from your father of serve others from his faith, how that's influenced you. How do you see your faith journey influencing where you are today? My friend, I think that I'm seeking to live my life in such a way that I give the glory to God and I get to help others. Mm -hmm. That's what I see as my job. It's not about me. Yes, I need to put a roof over my head and my family's heads. I need to feed them and I need to do all those things. Those are obviously important. But really, it's not about, look at me, look at how great I am. It's about, Lord, how can I be of service? And there's a story I'll tell you that demonstrate this brilliantly well. So five years ago, I was introduced to a woman who had been the country director for Canada for one of the world's largest personal development firms. She was incredible, and but she thought she needed some help, so she brought a fellow on to help her run the company. And like Steve Jobs back in the day with John Scully in Apple. And at first, just like Steve and John, they got along, company grew, it was great. But after a period of time, it became painfully obvious that the two of their visions were diverging. Mm -hmm. So they had a fight. The board sided with him and kicked her out. How do you get kicked out of a company you started? It's crazy. But it happens. Have a board. <laughs> That's the answer. Have a board, right? So she was lost. She was bereft. She didn't know what to do. It took her 18 months before she was introduced to us. And she was a good woman. We could tell. We poured into her. We loved on her. And we helped her see that she was meant for more. And this was going to be a new place for her to move forward. So we, we had to take a step back. We had to go through a similar exercise as to the one I showed you before. Got clear on an ideal client. She got clear on what she wanted to do to help people. Mm -hmm. We helped her learn to value herself. So she charged appropriately because like a lot of Christians, she undercharged. Not anybody on this podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> but <laughs> it was... Anyway, she... she she took off like a rocket. Her first month, she made a $10,000 profit. Her second month, she made $12,000. Her third month, she made $18,000. By her fourth month, she made $62,200. Crazy. Amazing. Incredible. And here's what happened. She lives in Ottawa. I live in Toronto. Five-hour drive. My oldest son plays soccer. And he had a tournament in Ottawa. So I 
I called her up and I said, hey, we're coming to Ottawa for this tournament. How would you like to bring your son, who's the same age as my son, and watch? She said, I'd love that. So they came over, they watched a game. We had lunch together. My, my son's team won the tournament, which was great. I took off, I went home. A few weeks later, we had one of our quarterly branded thought leader immersion workshops. This is where we teach coaches, and I hate that term, how to become thought leaders. And we'd gone to the section of the event where I shared with people how they could continue to work with us. And the way I do that is I don't make a big pitch. I ask our people to share what they got out of our help. Mm-hmm. It's works like a truck. It's great when someone else is saying, you need to be a part of this, right? Not me. It's great. So I said, who would like to share? And before I could say a thing, pick somebody, she bounds on stage and almost knocks me on my keister. Whoa, I would. I could. Okay, great. She turns around, her back's to me, and she's looking over at the audience. There's about 20, 25 people in the room. And there were about eight of them that were new people. And uh, I see her shoulder go like this. I'm like, what's going on? Sniffles. I'm like, is she crying? In my head, right? This is all in my head. Is she crying? Why is she crying? What did I do? What did I do wrong? Come on, why is she crying? Are you kidding me? And, but I maintain a placid exterior. And my beautiful lady, my better half comes on stage, hands her a tissue walks and she thanks her and then she turns to me and she's still sniffling she's still sobbing crying she says nikki you didn't know this but when you and your little son came to visit me and my little son sat in the back seat and said mommy mommy who are we gonna go meet and i said to him oh sweetheart we're gonna go meet nikki baloo and his son and she said all of a sudden my sweet little boy became very quiet looked at me and said oh mommy are we going to get to meet the man who saved our family? Hmm. Scott, I'm old school. I'm masculine. I don't cry in public. I just, <laughs> I cried in public. Of course. Shamelessly. And she's sobbing. She's telling me when I first came to see you, I didn't tell you this, but the bank was about to foreclose on our home because we hadn't paid our mortgage. And my husband and I were fighting every day in front of our kids like cats and dogs. They were scared we were going to break up. I was scared we were going to break up. All over money. You literally helped us save our family. And that was the day that I understood that God had a purpose for me. And my purpose was to serve people out of suffering, serve people who were not in a good place and help them get out of it. And I asked God, please send me someone else like her to be of service to. That's what I did. And that's what your business is today, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what do you think? And you mentioned early as an aside, and you just touched on it with that story too, you know, that as Christians and as Christian business owners, I think we set ourselves up sometimes with some traps. (laughs) 
what are some of the things that you see when you're working with those faithful business owners, but they're struggling, they're hurting. What are some of the biggest things that are holding them back? Number one is they don't believe they're worth it. They got imposter syndrome. (laughs) They're afraid to charge what they're worth. If they only knew is a story that goes through so many of their heads. They only knew what? That you're a good person and a Christian? (laughs) But no, that's not the story they're telling themselves. If they only knew that I'm not really as good as I make myself out to be, and oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Come on. Really? And they undercharge. There's only two reasons people undercharge. They undercharge because they really aren't worth it because they don't have the skill set or they have the skill set, but they don't believe they're worth it. If the first is the case, let's upgrade your skill set. If the second is the case, we got to upgrade your belief. Because when you undercharge, you hurt your client more than you hurt yourself. You hurt yourself. You don't make the money you should make, no question. But you hurt your client because they don't show up ready to do what needs to be done in order to get the result they're looking for. That's expectancy bias theory. The more you pay for something, the more you expect it to be. Now, Scott, let's say you were a relationship coach for men and I was a prospect for you. And you said, Nikki, I can help you save your marriage. I've got the program for you. Within six months, your wife will be more in love with you than she ever was. And you'll be just like newlyweds again. And I'm like, Scott, sign me up. This is great. What's the investment? And you go, Nikki, it's 50 bucks. I'm going to go, what? 50 bucks? Are you, are, are you kidding me? Like, it's a joke. I won't trust you. Now, if you said it was $50,000, I might not like that price. I might think it's high, but I go, okay, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. So it's very important to teach people how to value themselves properly. I had a client, New York City, Manhattan. He had an acupuncture clinic. And he was good at what he did. He had high-level clients. And he made six figures, but it wasn't enough. He said, man, the money comes in. It goes out right away. I need to make seven figures. I said, okay, let's do a review of your business. So we did. You know what the problem was, my brother? The problem was he undercharged. Everything else was right. So I said, you got to raise your prices. He says, what, 10%? Nope. 20%? Nope. 30%? Nope. 20-fold. 20-fold? Are you crazy? No, I'm not. Here's why. He couldn't bring himself to do it, but he seven-folded his prices. Within four months, he 20-folded his clientele (laughs) because the people felt, okay, this guy's charging properly. I can bring referrals to him. And he went from $150,000 to $1.2 million in four months just from doing this one thing, valuing what he had to offer appropriately. Mm-hmm. Too many Christians don't do that at all. So what keeps us trapped in that comfort zone area? What can't... You just mentioned him. You told him to 20X and he's, nope, nope, can't do that. I did 7X, which is probably still outside of his comfort zone. But what holds us back from making those changes, even if we do start to believe that we need to? 
Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. That's it. That's pretty much it. Or this is the, what Christians say, which I love. This is a good one. God wouldn't want me to charge so much. Hmm. Yeah, that's not true. Stop putting on the God your own fears. <laughs> Absolutely. So I've got a couple of questions that I like to ask all of my guests, but before we go there, is there anything else about the work you do or the books that you've got out that you'd like to share with the listener? Look, I could share a million things with the listener, but I'll say this to you. If you want to be successful, you got to have four qualities. The first is decisiveness. You need to be decisive. You need to make a decision that you are going to take your success, your business to the next level. The second is commitment. You can't be a tire kicker and say, hey, I'm going to try this for a week, a month, a day, a year, and it's not going to work. You got to be in it to win it. You got to be coachable. You got to be coachable. You need a coach. Robin Sharma says, if you want to double your income in any given year, triple your investment in personal and professional development. Scott, if you spent 10000 on personal and professional development last year, you need to spend 30000 this year. That's really what it takes. And then finally, you got to be resourceful. Doesn't matter what level of resources you have. What matters is how bad do you want change? How bad do you want change? If you want change bad enough, you will do what you need to do. You'll come up with the money, the time, the energy to get it done. And if you don't, you won't. You'll be lying to yourself and everybody around you. Mm, absolutely. My brand is Inspired Stewardship, and I run things through that lens of stewardship. And yet that's one of those words that, like leadership, like a lot of other words, that everybody uses it, but not everybody means the same thing when they say it. I like to ask, and let me ask you, what does the word stewardship mean to you? And what has the impact of that word had on your life? I can't say that I've thought about it in the same way that you have. So the second half is easy to answer. So I don't know. But to me, what stewardship means to me is that you're in charge of something on a temporary basis, you're its steward. And at some point you're going to pass it on to the next generation. And to me, that's what stewardship is. And I suppose in one set, what stewardship's impact on my life is, I, I believe we're living in a time, for example, where men, manhood and masculinity are under attack. And it's my job to be a steward for young men so the concepts of men, manhood, and masculinity survive to the next generation. So this is my favorite question that I like to ask everybody. Imagine for a minute that I could invent this magic machine. And with the power of that machine, I was able to transport you from where you are today into the future, maybe 150 or 200 years. And through the power of this machine, you were able to look back and see your whole life and see all of the connections, all of the ripples, all of the impacts you've left behind. What impact do you hope you've left on the world? Make men masculine again and be in the vanguard of helping make sure that freedom survives past this generation and raise two strong masculine sons and help everybody I come across who's in business as an entrepreneur be more successful and leave a powerful legacy for my family going forward. 
So what's on the roadmap? What's next for you as you continue on this journey? Brother, I have a new book out, The Great Patriot Bicop Book with Wayne Allen Root. And right now, I'm in the process of promoting the heck out of this book. <laughs> That's a bit of what's next. We've got an event coming up in a month, actually three weeks in Toronto. So I'm all about making sure that, that event goes off without a hitch. And today, I've got another interview at four. I got another meeting at five. I got a, another call at six, and I got another uh, presentation I'm doing at 6.30. So it's chock-a-block, brother. That's literally what's next for me. <laughs> as you as you suck down water in between interviews so that you can save your voice a little bit and manage to make it through the whole day. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I understand. I've had those days where I've had 12 Zoom meetings in one day or 12 different meetings in one day. I get it. So you can find out more about Nikki, his books, and some of the learning that he does and some of these sessions that he's talking about over at his website. It's at ecircleacademy.com. That's the letter ecircleacademy.com. Of course, I'll have a link to that over in the show notes as well. Nikki, anything else you'd like to share with the listener? We're in a recession right now. A lot of people are scared, but I'm here to tell you the greatest fortunes are made in turbulent times. So get excited because this is a time where you can make your life the best it's ever been and you can make your business the best it's ever been. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word, iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.